Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Ion Veterans ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the app today. Sound the gifting panic alarm. You need to get an amazing gift. Wait, no, the perfect gift. And it needs to say, I'm a thoughtful person. And I appreciate you. And I know exactly what you like. All at the same time. Relax. Now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting, so you can find the perfect item for anyone and any occasion. It's easy to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life, like the pickleballer, the jazz fan, the zen seeker, the artist, or the pasta lover. From 90s nostalgia and mixology to reality TV and gaming, there's something for everyone on Etsy. A gifting moment is always around the corner. Whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you, Gift Mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Gift easy with Gift Mode on Etsy. This episode is brought to you in part by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like The Guest List by Lucy Foley. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. There are nearly 20 million military vets in the U.S. And each week we focus on their stories. This is CBS Eye on Veterans. Welcome back to CBS Eye on Veterans, reporting for ConnectingVets.com. I'm Navy veteran Phil Briggs. And in this next segment, we're going to cover what an amazing organization America's Warrior Partnership is and how they're helping vets in a variety of ways. Our guest is Jim Lorraine, an Air Force veteran with nine combat deployments. He retired as Deputy Command Surgeon for the United States Special Operations Command, became the founding director of the United States SOCOM Care Coalition, and working with the Joint Chiefs of Staff. But today we're going to look at all the things that veterans can receive from America's Warrior Partnership. So with that, Jim, welcome to the show. Phil, thanks for having me. Always good to talk to you. And I know September is marked by, you know, being called Mental Health Awareness and there's Suicide Prevention Month. There's all these things that are um, affecting the veteran community. And uh, I'm glad to see that AWP has got its sleeves rolled up. So uh, let's begin with what do we need to know about the issues that veterans are struggling with? And, you know, give me some data points on that. Yeah, you know, I think uh, what's happening today, the biggest thing that if, if is affecting veterans and their families, and I would say even the military, is financial instability. We hear it at the local level in our nine communities throughout the United States. We hear it through our AWP network. We were just talking about it yesterday about how people just cannot make their bills and can't pay. And, and so it's a vicious cycle, Phil. So if you, if you've got a credit card and you were, and you were trying to pay it and you missed a payment because you had to choose between food or paying your credit card, that interest rate now could go up to 25%. 
And so what ends up happening is when it goes to 25%, now you have a higher monthly pay, which you may not be able to pay. It's a cycle that just goes and goes and goes. So when everyone talks about food insecurity and they talk about homelessness and you talk about lack of transportation, and it really what it goes back to for us is financial instability. The dollar doesn't go as far as it did two years ago or three years ago or four years ago. And it's it's gotten really tough. Um, we just signed a, a letter of endorsement to a bill that's going forward to to help military service members not have to go get food stamps um, because they're not getting paid enough. It's not keeping up with inflation. So, so I would just say that financial instability is the number one issue. And does that also dovetail into the mental health crisis that we've seen, most notably suicide? The suicide epidemic isn't just about mental health. It's, it's about a loss of quality of life and a loss of hope. And, and what leads to loss of hope? I, I, you know, obviously if somebody's homeless, it's hope, it drives hopelessness. Unemployed, we get laid off. I had a buddy of mine who just called me the other day and said, Hey, I just got laid off. Do you have any suggestions? And I think that's coming more and more. But I, I think mental health is a component to it. We look at it as America's Warrior Partnership from eight, eight, facets, which are housing, employment, education, access to healthcare and relationships, spiritual, physical, recreational activity, and housing. The, the point is, is that is that you've got to look at it holistically. Just sending somebody to mental health uh, care isn't going to get them necessarily out of hopelessness. And we have to approach this this way. That is the key. And really what it is, it's that's building a relationship with a veteran and their family that's trusted connecting them to resources that improve their quality of life, and then sticking with them over a period of time. It's not a transactional thing. There was such a big period of time where it was housing first. Okay, we're going to get somebody into housing. They're homeless. We're going to get them housed. Okay, great. Now what? Because what would end up happening is they'd be unhoused within two months because they weren't able to sustain it. We looked at it as America's Warrior Partnership and said, Okay, we're going to build a relationship with a veteran. We're going to understand where they are. We're going to get them into school using their GI Bill and their education benefits that they earn from being a veteran. We're going to connect to a local business and get them an internship. They're going to stay in their school. We're going to encourage them to graduate and get whatever certificate or degree they had. And then in the end, that internship is going to turn into a full-time job, which is going to turn into allowing them to live comfortably and have an improved quality of life, which high quality of life is contrary to a high suicide rate. And and if you're just addressing one component of it, we're we're not making an impact. We're throwing a Band-Aid on a leading chest wound. You know what? I've often seen it appear like whack-a-mole. We cover all these stories and the headline reads one issue, but if you're not happy in your own skin, if you're not happy in your own life and, and you're not making your ends meet, the therapy could be cathartic for the 30 minutes you're unpacking, maybe some deep-seated depression, but then you get out of the therapy session, walk to your car, and you know by the time you check your bank balance again, you're anxious, you're depressed, you're not thriving. And I think that's what I like about the totality. And you talk about the holistic approach to starting a relationship with veterans and then guiding them through a process and helping make sure that all of these things in their life are being touched. The Congress and, and the VA have passed a lot of reforms. If you, if you're struggling with mental health or if you're, if you're in crisis, 
You can go to any ER in the United States and get the care, and the VA will pay for it. If you're a vet, the VA will pay for it. So there's access to care. The, the, the point is, to your point, there are so many programs out there that, that the, that, that the really important programs sort of get lost in all the noise and you stop hearing it. And, you know, we, we have veterans who come to us every day and they say, I am so confused about what I can get and what I can't get and what I'm eligible for. And the point is, is that if you're in crisis, there's a 988 dial one and you get the veteran crisis line. If you need to go in for counseling, go to a local ER and, and the VA will pay for your care. Let's rewind a little bit and talk about this way you can address financial stability. Uh, can you share with me programs that AWP has got going on or case examples that you've seen where veterans have been treated this way and it has really helped them thrive? We have a program called the America's Warrior Partnership Network. Any veteran can call us. Any era, disabled or not, it doesn't matter. Your family can call us. But we work with with uh, some banks. We work with uh, nonprofits that do short-term emergency financial assistance. We do. We work with um, pro bono counselors on how to manage your funds. So really, it depends on where you are. If, if it's short-term emergency financial assistance, your finances are okay. You just can't cover this one cost. There's places for us to go. If you're you're so underwater with your with your bank or your financial institution, then what we'll do is we'll point you to how to work with it, how to be prepared and work with the bank to find a way through this um, without feeling like you're alone. That's what we at the network. We don't want veterans to ever feel like they're alone. Somebody has their back. That's where we come in, and they can come to us. We'll do the we'll understand where they are. We'll do the referral out preferably down to the local community where they where they live to get that service local. But um, what we also find out, Phil, is if you come in and, and it's financial assistance or financial counseling, there's more going on. And then what we do is we say, okay, hey, here's we, we got what you came in for, but there's other things going on in your life that need to be addressed. Let's address those now and get you connected to the services that help you. But again, you can go to our website, americaswarepartnership.org. Go to the network, fill out the web form that we have there and request support, and uh, we're happy to help you. I've seen it in my own neck of the woods here. Uh, there's an organization, uh, the Religious Coalition for Emergency Human Needs. It is just one thing based in my county that does help people keep the lights on, you know, help with a mortgage payment here and there. Is that standard for AWP then? You guys aren't necessarily the source of the grant funding. Uh, you go out into the galaxy of these organizations, exactly. like I just mentioned, and help them connect to the funds that will be an emergency triage. Yeah, that's exactly it. The goal of ours is that the veteran then now knows where to go to in the community should it happen again. Instead of going to a national program, they can just go to the local program and ask. I would also say that County BSOs, County Veteran Service Officers, are local. They know where the resources are. We work with uh, the National Association of County Veteran Service Officers, which are they're a great group, to make them aware of who's contacting us. So if a veteran calls us, we'll listen to them and figure out what's going on in their life. Our next call is down to their community to say, hey, did you know Jim Lorraine? Did you know that what was going on? Uh, what we see is about 60% of the time the community doesn't know that there's a veteran in need, but I'll tell you, 100% of the time they go, we're on it. 
They want to take care of their vets. There's a sea of goodwill out there. It's a matter of how do you navigate that sea. And that's what America's Warrior Partnership is doing, is navigating the sea. Now, the other thing I liked about what you touched on, not only connecting to funds and assistance that are local, but you also talked about how, well, then you'll get a conversation going and you'll see what else is going on. Because if you're unemployed, if you're underemployed, uh, that's the first indicator that you, you need more than just, you know, a few, a few bucks here to pay the visa bill, a few dollars there to help you get ahead of your mortgage. It sounds to me like you get like a case manager with AWP. Talk to me about how you take and now go to the second order effects in yeah. their life and start solving those. Yeah, you get, we don't, it's not a case manager because they're not managing, they're coordinating. So we call them case coordinators. So what the case coordinator does is that they listen to the issue. They know they've got, you know, we have over 150 government and non-government programs on a national level that we work with. They know who can do it. And what we do is we then bundle the services. So we'll bundle a little bit from that group, a little bit from this group and this group. But our end state is not to give them a fish. Our end state is to teach them to fish, to get them to a point where this is not going to happen again. And again, we had a case yesterday where we were talking through it and it was, okay, well, we could, you could, we could send the money and that would put a band-aid on this thing, but that's not what we need. We need to figure out how do we get them connected to programs where this doesn't happen again. And then they have to, they have to own it. And by the way, we keep track of who calls us. And if they, if they come back, and they say, hey, I need another fish. We go, ah, wait, did you go here? No, I didn't. Well, go there first, do that work, and then and then we'll we'll continue to work with you. Right on. What are the things AWP is suggesting for veterans when it comes to education or gaining skills? Is this all college and bachelor's degrees, or are you guys working in the skilled trades? Are you directing... Uh, share with me a little bit about kind of, you know, the roles to getting or the paths to getting those new skills. Yeah, there, there are there are a lot of programs out there. That That's the number one thing, whether whether it's vocational rehab, skill programs for pre 9-11 veterans, whether it's the GI Bill that you have and using it correctly and being smart about it. By the way, apprenticeship programs fall under the GI Bill, too. But if you, if you go to a four year college or it's, you get 36 months of your GI Bill benefit. When you go to school, it'll pay for whatever the highest level of that state tuition is, and then it'll pay you a housing stipend that's equivalent, I think, to a staff sergeant's in that area for the whole 36 months. In an apprenticeship, you don't, you get the apprenticeship, it'll pay for any costs related to the apprenticeship, but your housing stipend goes down every year you're in the apprenticeship. So we're saying, wait, wait a minute, GI Bill wise, only about 5% of the veterans take care of their apprenticeship, take advantage of the apprenticeship program. We're advocating to say, hey, listen, that housing stipend, that housing stipend that you give to the college graduate, you need to keep it the same regardless of an offset in income that may be for the apprenticeship because that's an earned benefit. That's something that I signed up for, and it's an earned benefit. It should be the same. What we think will happen when that happens is that a guy transitioning out of the military or a, or a woman who's been out for a little while and has their GI Bill benefit and wants to go into welding or go into be an electrician may be dissuaded from that because they have, they could make, they have more income using going to college vice going to an apprenticeship. There's a huge opportunity in skill trades in terms of income, longevity, and then growth in that. 
I just think we need to make it equally attractive to the to the service member to do it. You know, I I I work with a unit down in Savannah, and I said, "What do you want to do when you get out? What's your interest?" And it was not going to college; it was to fire law enforcement or into the skilled trades. And and then I said, "So where are you going?" They said, "To college." Why? GI Bill benefit pays better. And I thought that's we got to stop that. And that shouldn't be the case. If a person wants to go and they've earned the benefit, then they should be given the same opportunity, uh, whether they go into the trades and do an apprenticeship or whether they don't. Mm. What a weird way to look at it, too. And I and and it's completely understandable from the veterans perspective. I mean, yeah, you want the quick Band-Aid. You want a little bit more monthly income, but yeah. it's dissuading you from taking the path towards a profession that right now is in demand and will ultimately, at least, you know, in my experience, will yeah. yield but- more income in the long term. Uh, you can get a liberal arts degree and be a cog in a wheel at some cubicle in an office, or you can go be a plumber. And in under 10 years, your name's on the side of a van, maybe two, and you've got a crew working for you. Yeah. But you take yeah. the money up front because it seems easier to go get that liberal arts degree. I, that's... Yeah. But, you know, when you transitioned out, what was, you know, when I transitioned out, what was my focus? And, and it's every every kid, man or woman, that I've helped transition out, their number one concern is, am I going to have enough money the day I get out, of the month after I get out of the military, to pay for my car payment, my cell phone bill, and the other obligations that I have, you know, if they, especially if they have a family. That's their number one thing. And if you can, if I can, that housing stipend covers that. I'm taking that over going to an apprenticeship where I don't get it all. It's survival, right? Yeah, indeed. Based on what you've seen, what are some great trades? To, what should veterans be considering? Havoc, I think plumbing, I think electrician, I think any of the trades, to be honest with you. Now, let me just let me just give you a – we work with Wells, Wells Fargo. Wells Fargo, it shocked me. 95% of Wells Fargo's employees don't need a college degree. And most of them are in the trades. They're either technical or they're, uh, because they have all their facilities, their facility management. They, they, they said that's what we're looking for. And so when we look at a veteran, we're not saying, Hey, we're looking for college veterans, college educated masters, MBAs. Yeah. The MBAs may be working in the headquarters, but it, what Wells Fargo said that they've either got a bank or a ATM within two miles, two miles of most Americans. When you look at that, that's a lot of people to employ to maintain those facilities and to, to do the work in them that aren't necessarily college educated. That's an example. Industry is always coming to us looking for, I'm looking for people in the trades, but to do it, they have to commit to the apprenticeships and in, to get into the trades. Now we talked about the veteran E5 and below. That is my category. Yeah. I, I was uh, the command master E4 on my ship back in the day. I could get E4 you just mafia. about E4 <laughs> mafia, man. I could get you just about anything you needed. But I look at how my military experience translates into, you know, the private industry. And of course I chose journalism and that's what I pursued. But having owned a business, having started my own business on the side, I'm seeing an incredible ability that I have that I didn't even know I had. Although I spent 20 plus years in broadcasting, I love the discipline that 
that I learned in becoming a business owner and trying to, you know, take my idea and make money with it. What is it about the E5 and below that they should know as a veteran makes them uniquely capable for the trades and to be, you know, a small business owner? I think you said it, you know, and I, I would say it, they can get things done, right? So they go, they're like, you want it done? Okay, we'll go get it done. But I mean, there's a couple of things. You have to go back to, I've got a, let's say you got a high school student and they choose to go into the military. They raise their hand and they volunteer to go into the military. They, they volunteer above everybody else outside of what that's a, that, that takes a lot of guts to do that. Number one. And it takes to me a lot of initiative to do it. Um, you can go out of high school and follow everybody else to, down the college education road or wherever you want to go. But I mean, to raise your hand and swear to defend the constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic, that's, that's a big step. So now you got this person who steps out amongst all the others. They do their time. They figure out that they, they do have skills. They can make stuff happen. They're given more responsibility than they probably ever had or their peers have in college. And they get out and they go, holy cow, I can do this, right? I couldn't agree more. And in fact, it took me several decades of doing the job I'm doing right now, working in broadcasting and journalism. It took me a long time to realize I didn't try business ownership. I didn't try to go into the trades. I didn't try something like that out of fear that I was not meeting my own self-imposed self-definition. But when I finally got a chance to take a run at it, I realized I am uniquely qualified to do this and to do it well. And I think that that speaks to exactly what we talk about the transitioning veteran who oftentimes doesn't give themselves enough credit. And you're right. I think more often the under E5 veteran community needs to realize you can really kind of change your own narrative. You don't have to be who you think you are. You can step out, try for a trade, entrepreneurship, and you can make a real difference in your own income. And I know AWP has got a lot of services there that can really help you get started. Can I ask kind of just as we leave this here, what about the veteran that gets out that was kind of like senior NCO, maybe even officer? They have had a self kind of imposed definition. The way they look at themselves is, well, I'm management. Well, I'm this. Well, I've always done this. So therefore I must always I should always look to do this. Is there something that veterans are not looking at as far as looking at themselves in the mirror and saying, it's never too late to change careers? Oh, no, I think uh, the majority of of my peers when I when I left and then those that I talked to today have no interest in doing what they necessarily, I shouldn't say no interest. They have little interest in continuing what they've been doing. They They want to go do something else. What I would just say, among, really, amongst the senior NCOs and senior and officers who are getting out, is you got to remember if you if you're gonna if you're gonna get out of the military and go into a new company and you're gonna go work for them, you're not. Uh, it's the odd time you're gonna be put up really at the top. And I, well, the way I equate it is, all right. So you're a you're an E8, and how would you feel if a civilian came off the street and came into your unit and was an E7 or an E8? Would you would you be like, hey, I'm good with that? Or would you say, hey, you know what? You got to earn your chops to get to where to get up here, to get to the EA level or whatever I was doing. The same thing applies with the civilian world is you're not going to go from being in the military and necessarily transferring horizontally over 
to a senior level. You may have to come in at a lower level and work your way up. But every anecdote that I've ever heard that if you work hard and you're focused and this is what you want to do, you move up at, at an exponentially higher rate than, than your peers within that company because everybody recognizes, man, you, you're bringing different skills, different perspective, different thought view on things. So I say, I say, hey, when you're transitioning out, don't necessarily look for that horizontal move. It's okay to take a, to take a dip down and then move up. Great advice. And, um, I still can't believe it took me 50 years on earth to start a company. And, uh, you know, I'll share with full disclosure, it's an ice cream truck. I mean, I didn't start, you know, some massively important tech company or I didn't, you know, have to go to college to invent the next silicon chip. I followed a model of something I just felt my neighborhood could use and have had tremendous success. And it speaks to the fact that, you know, here I was thinking journalism and broadcasting was my only lane. And I come to find out at 50 50 years old that I'm actually pretty good at something new and something different. But for another veteran, it could be something that they can find through America's warrior partnership. So if I'm out there and I'm a veteran, I'm looking to maybe enhance my skill set or solve whatever vexing issue is in my life. Where do I start? And what does that look like? Yeah. If you go to America's warrior partnership, um, dot org, go to uh, programs, it's called the network. And then, you know, You'll fill out, hey, I need some help with this. In terms of employment and entrepreneurship, let me just do a plug. We have a program called the Permian Warrior Partnership, and it's in the Permian Basin of Texas. They have apprenticeship jobs. They have skilled jobs. They have college-educated jobs that are paying a ton of money. And and their their business is not only gas and oil, um, solar panels, technology, they're one of uh, seven spaceports in the United States. So there's a lot of tech out there, but there's also a lot of gas and oil out in the Permian Basin that's not going away, and the community's investing in it. The way to access it is to come to America's Warrior Partnership, um, say, hey, I'm looking for work, uh, I'm looking for a job, and uh, that's one of the places that will say, are you willing to move? Do you want to make a lot of money? And do you want to follow with what you're doing? And we'll give you the connection to the, to the companies that want to do that. Mm. Yeah, it's Love it. The other program we have is in Alaska. So if you want to go to Alaska, we've got the Alaska Warrior Partnership. They're more, more than willing to have to be the welcome wagon for you to come into the community, wrap their arms around you, the same thing in the Permian will do. And, uh, and then we have the Navajo Nation, we have the Panhandle of Florida, and we have Indianapolis, Indiana. And we have connections to other communities too. So if you're looking and you want to go to work somewhere, and you're looking for an opportunity, let us know. Go to our website, americaswarriorpartnership.org. Go to the network and make the ask. Right and on. We have, a, we have a team of of, uh, of social service experts who um, who work uh, one-on-one with you, case coordinate, figure out what's going on with your life, where you want to go, what you want to do, and connect you to those services. In a month that's dominated by a conversation about mental health, I am so glad that we've gotten to one of the core tenants of success and feeling good about yourself. And that is financial stability. And I'm really, really glad that you've pointed out so many incredible examples of the ways that America's warrior partnership can help us find that path to good, which will again 
help offset some of the mental health issues that we are dealing with as veterans, certainly in a combat generation. Again, thank you for the portal there through America's WarriorPartnership.org. Jim Lorraine, Air Force veteran, just uh, always, always great to talk to you. And uh, just thank you for everything you're doing. Thanks, Phil, for everything. I appreciate it. Good luck with that ice cream truck. Indeed, indeed. My season's finally winding down and my arm is finally not sore. (laughs) Great to talk to you, Jim. You too. Thanks, Phil. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to Ion Veterans ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Hi, this is Jill Schlesinger, CBS News business analyst, certified financial planner, and host of the Money Watch podcast. This is the show where your money is not scary and it's not boring. It is a show that's all about you. It's your questions that make it possible for me to provide unconventional and entertaining insights on your money and maybe more importantly, on your life. I'm going to be your financial coach, someone who brings common sense and an insider's perspective on how to manage your money and your emotions. And I promise we are going to have a little bit of fun along the way. Have a question from retirement to career changes to college funding? Just send us an email at askjill at jillonmoney.com. Follow Money Watch wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free on the Amazon Music or Wondery app. Catch every episode of 60 Minutes, America's most-watched news magazine show, as a podcast. Hear in-depth investigations across politics, news, and entertainment on your schedule. Listen to 60 Minutes ad-free on Wondery Plus.